so glad to be in the land of the living. One more time. God is great and great is God all the time. We can count on him when there is no one left to be a friend. We can truly count on our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is the only one that can do what no man can do. Hallelujah. It said, I will trust in the Lord at all times. At all times, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in him at all times. So it is a good thing. It is good to trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. For he is our rock and our salvation. He is our shelter from the winds of life. Hallelujah. I would like to talk today about what role are you playing? We all have a role. And I would like to give a definition on what Rose is saying. Rose is saying it is a position and duty. Rose is saying it is a position and duty. Um, I would like to tell also what position is saying. Position is saying it is the manner in which anything is placed. Attitude, condition, as a firm. Let me read that again. Position is the manner in which anything is placed. Attitude, condition, as a firm. Roles means position and duty. Position and duty. Okay, the roles, there are many in the church. A role is also a person acting out what they supposed to do. There are 11 responsibilities of a man of God. He is once he is accountable to God, he is a role of a father or a dad. I say rather dad because we know God said there's one father. He said, call no man on this earth father, for there is only one father. And that is our Lord and our God in heaven. There is no other father. So we say dad. He plays the roles of that. He does not provoke his children to wrath and Luke the 19th chapter uh, this is about Zacchaeus Zacchaeus was a publican in modern the IRS uh, Zacchaeus in understanding that he sought to see Jesus. Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus. How many of us today are looking for Jesus? He also was a man of short stature, the Bible says. He was a modern day dwarf. 
very short, about four feet, 10 inches. That is a dwarf man. Uh, God is not concerned about your statue. You could be 10 feet tall. That not not matter. You can be 7 or what? 8. That doesn't matter. The people, they didn't like Zacchaeus because he took their money that they worked hard for and he worked under the Roman citizenship government to do this and put money in his pocket. God wants us to know that he wants us to have a place with him. Yes, Zacchaeus was so happy. He, he was joyful. He was full of joy that Jesus liked at him because he told Zacchaeus that today salvation has come to you. I must come come down. I must abide at your house. Salvation has come to you. Even when people turned him away. You know, some people are curious about knowing Jesus. They are willing to go to drastic measures. Zacchaeus was short, but he still climbed that tree. Nothing stopped him. When you really desire to know who Jesus is, you'll do anything. They say that he had to press through because he was so short to see Jesus. You know, God also requires a press to see him even if you know, in other words, Jesus says, I see you. Come. Come on. I will. And I am willing to come unto you if you come down to see me. It was an act of submission to God. He had to his mind to come down from the tree. He was, but he was seeking to see Jesus. So that's why he decided that. Yeah, I'm listening. Jesus said, I must come down and abide at your house. So in other words, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Make room for Jesus. He is stopping by. Jesus told him this day. Salvation has come. Unto you. Unto your house. 
am for you. I will deliver. And deliver means save. Hallelujah. I wish there was something that uh, was said today. Let me encourage you and help you along this way, this journey, to let you know Jesus is looking for somewhere to lay his head. And you are the perfect candidate. God bless and have a wonderful day. Keep your head up. Keep looking to the hills when we've come with your help. And Jesus, have a wonderful day. Welcome to the another broadcast. and his mercy and his loving kindness today. Because if it had not been for the Lord, where would I be? I don't know. Tell me where would I be? I don't know. I know I wouldn't be in a good place. But there's always goodness in the Lord. Hallelujah. He is the goodness. Praise God. Today I would like to talk about a different subject and the name of the title would be seducing spirits hallelujah seducing spirits today I would like to talk about seducing spirits I'd like to give a, a definition of seducing seducing is to lead astray Mentally or normally to beguile, deceive, and delude. Delude means to trick. To be tricked. 
Hallelujah. And that's what the devil is trying to do in these days. Is trying to trick. And he sure ain't going to give you no treats. Hallelujah. And if he do give you a treat, it ain't going to be the treat you want to treat. Because it ain't the treat that you would like to treat. And we know who's up to the tricks. That's the devil. That's the wiles of the devil. The devil wants to take us off. He is that evil. You know, there are many ways in which seduction is announced. I would like to give some definitions of how it is being announced. This word coetish and teasing. Let me read that again. The word coetish is described a woman she acts in a playful way that is intended to make her sexually attractive she or he is flirting inviting and arch and teasing amen I would like to give a definition briefly of flirtatious it is Variably defined as play, allure, amusing, sexual interest, and showing sexual attraction. And inviting is urge, spur, summon. And arch is the siren, the sophisticated, the boss. The Bohemian, the Quoquet, the Goddess, the Enigma, the Sensualist, the Lady of Diva, the Empress, the Ingenuine, and the Gamer. Generations of Vipers is what Jesus called these people. How can you be evil? Speak good things, he said. From out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks Matthew 12 and 34. I would like to give a definition also of teasing. Teasing is to tempt someone with no intention of satisfying the desired aroused. Let me read that again. Teasing is to tempt someone with no intention of satisfying their desire arousal. I would like to give a brief definition of sensuality. Sensuality is eros in Greek, which means love, desire, erotic, gratification of the senses. And Jude 1 and 19 and Matthew 5 and 28, it says, but if but I say unto you that whosoever, no matter, I mean, no matter who it is, maybe man or woman, boy or girl, whosoever, look it on a woman to lust after her, has committed adultery with 
her already in his heart. Proverbs 6 and 25. Lust not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. 1 John 2 and 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Hallelujah. Mark 13 and 22. For false Christ, false prophets shall rise as shall show signs and wonders to seduce if it were possible even the elect. Seduction is about mystery, playing with words, being creative, and giving everything bit by bit. It is all about giving out hits with your body language, my Lord. Glory be to God. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Some people be out there throwing their body language. There's the women's they back with their eyes. Then have the nerve to put on the long eyelashes. And they back with their eyes. And the man looking at that. They winking with their eyes. And also the body language. Man's wearing Fitted clothes are seducing looking clothes to make a woman be flirtatious with them. Or it might be showing the chest hairs. Or it might be the woman showing her breast. Or it might be her skirt is uh, not fitted properly. Her dress might be too high. All these things. Body language. The way they move their lips, they bat their eyes, the way they talk, smooth, they call it smooth. Some people are smooth and you're finding this stuff in the churches, what's in the world, for all the people saying they love God. These are some of the seducive techniques that the devil use is the visual voyage and he takes your eyes somewhere else they shouldn't go that means he gets your attention uh, attention he gets your attention it might be someone taking you to a expensive dining to coax you with mind manipulation. And then also he tries to get at things with dress to impress. I dress to
This is the day that the Lord has made. Hallelujah. He is our rock and he is our salvation. And we're going to keep on going in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. As I go along, I will be announcing scriptures. Today, I would like to talk about kingdom business. Kingdom, praise God. Today, I'd like to give a definition of what kingdom means today. Kingdom means royal power. Let me say it again. Royal power. Power. Kingdom means royal power, kingship, dominion, rule, and not to be confused over a kingdom. Read that one more time. Kingdom means royal power, kingship, Dominion, rule, not to be confused. The right, the right of authority over a kingdom. When you're under his lordship and when he is in, that is the kingdom life. And Deuteronomy 8.18 says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And I would like to read 9 and 10. 9th chapter, 10th verse. 
whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. I would like to uh, explain Deuteronomy, hallelujah, 8. God wants us to not forget that it is him that gives us the power to get wealth. And wealth could be uh, riches. It could be uh, things that we need. It could uh, things for to establish it. So for the work of the Lord to make his things come into fruition that need to be done. So it's telling us don't forget it's God that does these things. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10 God is telling us also whatsoever whatever it is whatever your hand find it to do for the Lord do it with that might that means put your energy into it put your soul into it put your efforts into it put your talent into it Because when everything goes to the grave, when it's all over, it's over. All your all, all in all, into the Lord. And doing whatever you're going to do for the Lord. I would like to go to Luke 19 and 13. And he called his ten servants and delivered. Then... 10 pounds and said, Occupy till I come. God wants us to occupy, stay busy about the things of God in a life that we need to uh, handle. That means don't be busy in other people's matters in, of life and don't be a busybody in other people's matters of life. But you occupy, you do what is needful. For you. Until God comes. For you. Or God comes. Uh, for everyone. <laughs> I must work the works of him. Who sent me while. It is day. For when the night cometh. No man can work. John 9 and 4. So. It's telling us. No man can work. After a while. Everything will be done away with. And whatever works we need to do, God is saying, you need to be about your father's business. You need to be about doing what God told you to do. Whatever it is, he put you there to do. If he put you there to be a preacher, then you be be that best preacher you could be for God. If he put you there to be a teacher, then you whatever God put in your heart, to share, share. If he put you there to be a um, usher, uh, he put you there to be a um, choir, uh, 
a director or something or the best musician, then be the best you can because you're doing it for the Lord, for the kingdom. So we must work while with still time because time will, after a while, when the night cometh, when, when this finally this darkness covers this earth, we will not be able to do anything else. So while God has the breath in our bodies, let us work the work of him who sent us. And then in John 6 and 29, Jesus was saying, he answered and said, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him. When of whom he has sent, it is. This is to save us. That's what this means. This is to save us, to believe on God. If you believe on God, you shall be saved. This is Jesus provided an example for us. Jesus did not come into this world to condemn us. That um, that's in the world, but through him, the world might be saved. John three seventeen. So Jesus didn't come to condemn this world, but the world through him might be saved. As he wants us to believe. This is the work of God to believe on Jesus Christ. Because he's the only one that can save. And this is how God wants work done. 1 Corinthians 16 and 14. He said, let all things be done in charity. Hallelujah. And we know what charity is. Our money and giving and love. Giving and love is charity. Loving. So God's saying, whatever you do, be loving about it. Don't do it because of you feel of some kind of necessity, but do it because you feel loving about it. First uh, Corinthians 15 and 58 says, My beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So God is saying, don't be moved. Be determined. To do the work for the Lord. Don't be moved. Be determined to be to do the work for the Lord. And in 2 Corinthians 8, it said, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always have all sufficiency in all things, that it may abound to every good work. So God wants to supply our needs, us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. So the Lord said he wants to establish us. And because God is the only one that can establish. He's the only one that can strengthen and make us strong in what we have to do. First Peter 3 and 13. They say, who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? Hebrews 6 and 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed towards his name and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. The God is always thoughtful. It's always think, think one minute that he is not have you on his mind because he does. It's the word said. He cannot forget your work, your labor of love, which ye have showed towards his name and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. 
in the Hebrews 4, 9 through 10. It said, three remaining, therefore, to the people of God, for that he that is entered into rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. So God is saying, I got rest for you after you have done this work. I've got rest. Even as my father God, he has rest. John 14 and 12 too. Say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that delighteth in me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9 For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. You with God. We work it together. God's got you. And ye are God's husbandry. You are married to him. And ye are God's building. You are the walking building. Not the building that's sitting on the corner. You are the walking building. Praise God. And my second podcast would be Earnestly with God. Earnestly with God. I would like to give a brief definition of the word earnest. Earnest means in the Greek, seriously, hallelujah, earnest. It means businesslike, dear, heartfelt, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sincere and solemn, hallelujah. I would like to give a brief definition of dear. Dear means agapitos. In the Greek, it means to be precious, heartfelt, deeply and strongly felt. To go deep with someone you and take the time to listen with a whole heart. Devout is means uh, totally committed to a cause or belief. Dedicated. And the word solemn means serious. You know, uh, the Bible talks about and Job 1 was a solemn assembly. That means there was a seriousness of this. There was a dedicated assembly of people. There was a heartfelt, deep, strong people about God. Uh, these people were devout. Very serious. And in Psalms 92 and 3, David gave sincere praises to God. You know, it is different when something is done out of ignorance, my Lord. Uh, there are, uh, the Bible says in Philippians 1 and 20, there are earnest expectations. What is an earnest expectation? It is seriously waiting, being determined for what you want. It's seriously waiting and being determined to wait. You are determined to wait. And you're expecting. It's like um, you say, I'm expecting uh, 
this package to come in the mail anytime. That means you're sitting, you're determined to wait. You're not going to move until your package arrives. But the same with God. You got to wait and be determined to see this thing come into fruition. And then in Hebrews 2 and 1, it says, be determined. Be serious to keep what we have heard. What Paul is telling us, be determined. In other words, be serious to keep what you have heard. What you heard in God's word. Be determined to keep this. Be serious about it. Don't let it go, what you have heard. It said, but covet. It say desire, but desire, but covet. That means to desire to have these uh, gifts, the best gifts. And Paul was talking about gifts. Desire to have these gifts. If you want more gifts from uh, for to please God, desire these. Covet. That's what covet means, to desire spiritual gifts. Desire these gifts. And as 1 Corinthians 12 and 30, 31. You know, we take the spirit of God has given us because we are serious and devout. 2 Corinthians 1 and 21 through 22. So we have to be serious about this. God bless. God bless you. And I thank you for coming and attending uh, this podcast. And I hope something was said that will help you along this journey. And keep looking up because there's nothing down. God bless you. And I would also like to share a bonus. Uh, the name of this one is Higher Number Three. Defined Higher Ground. Higher Ground in the Hebrew language means spiritual progress. And these are some scriptures that I would like to draw from today. And the scriptures are Exodus, the 19th chapter, Mark 7 and 18, Exodus 19 and 23, 1 Samuel 15 and 20, Psalms 37 and 4. Matthew 18 and 19, and Micah 6 and 8. Praise God. Reading from Exodus, the third chapter. Um, God was talking to Moses. He said, thou shalt not defile the ground of the Lord. He told Moses as he approached the burning bush, take off thy shoes for the ground. Glory, hallelujah. You stand on is holy ground. Exodus, the third chapter. Praise God. I would like to say, when you're going to higher ground, it is a fellowship. You're having a fellowship with God when you're going to higher ground. He said, take off. So we got to take off those things that defiles you. You are on holy ground now. You can't bring nothing defiled on holy grounds when you're coming to God. You must Remove the items that are not supposed to be there. So people have a defiled mouth. They have a deceitful tongue. At Matthew 15 and 18. See, but those things that which ye proceed out of the mouth come from, it comes from what you do. Speaking and said, you can kill with this mouth. Emotionally, you know, it will affect the body, which we call stress, and it will kill you. 
So God is talking about this mouth, what proceeds out of this mouth. Can't defile. Praise God. So God's saying, what comes out of this mouth can't defile you. This, in, in other words, I'm saying the mouth can kill. Praise God. That's what messes up people's lives is their mouth that deceitful tongue. Praise God. And that what defiles. And that's Mark 7, 8, 18. It said the children of Israel had a command not to touch the mountain or they will die. The people had to sanctify. They had to become a peculiar people before God to get the blessings. And chapter 19 of Exodus. So in other words, when sanctification comes, God will allow you in his holy place. And that is Exodus 19 and 23. God told them, in other words, I require this. This is what I'm requiring of you if you want to go to higher ground. Obedience is better than sacrifice. First Samuel 15 and 22. So God let them hear the commandments. He commanded. He said, we are not greater than our Lord. We must obey if we want to get to that place in God. We never been before. You can sacrifice to come to a building. That, that doesn't save you because you sacrifice to come to a building. That you go to a church building and the doors are open. You sacrifice to get there. That doesn't save you. It is the willing heart to give up this life to serve Christ. God likes it when we listen. Micah 6 and 8. This is the requirements. Glory, hallelujah. The requirements are today. Keep your life clean. Be not spotted. Keep your eyes and watch and pray. Walk in wisdom. Yourself grateful to God. Be grateful to God. Keep your purpose firm. That means be steadfast. Do not be moved. Keep your mind on Jesus. Stay focused. That's what that means. Delight in him. Psalms 37 and 4. Delight in Jesus. Be in agreement with God's word. Matthew 18 and 19. Be born again of the water and the spirit. Let the Lord thy God do good. Love the Lord thy God and do good and hate evil. Forgive that your debts be forgiven. For the debts and forgive others for their debtors. Uh, refrain your mouth from speaking guile. Psalms 34 and 13. And First Timothy, don't be defiled. You've got to nourish the spiritual eyes as like the natural. When you agree with God, he will come to you. And you will go to higher ground. Okay, I would like to, a different subject, um, about when people decide to go on a hiking trip. These people will often carry these items. They will carry a hiking backpack. They will carry hiking boots or shoes. They will have plenty of water. They will have navigation tools, map or compass. They will have first aid kit. They will have knives of multi-tool. They will have clothing, pants or shirts. They will have rain jacket. They will have a headlamp and they will have food. And these are some of the personal items that you would need if you are going hiking up a hill. So you will need some sunglasses. You will need a hat. You will need sunscreen. You will need insect repellent, lip balm. You will need a whistle. Uh, you will need a, a gator. That's like a face mask covering that goes over your face and nose. You will need toilet paper. You will need bear spray. You will need a camera. You will need a phone. 
You would need emergency blanket. You would need lighter fluid or water waterproof matches. Okay. Do you have your spiritual backpack? Do you have on the shoes of the gospel of peace? Do you have plenty of water that keeps yourself refreshed and washed from sin? Do you have the navigation that keeps the word of God at all times so you won't be lost? Do you have your first aid kit? Stay in God. He is touching your situation and fixing it. Do you have your knife to cut down those weeds of defilement and chop them down? Do you have the clothing? Wear the armor of God at all times. Do you have the rain jacket? Get ready for the storm. Hallelujah. And do you have the headlamp to lead and guide you from stumbling and to keep you seeing the path of light that shines on the path? It shines through your darkest nights. Do you have the food that helps you from getting weak, ineffective, and sick? Sickly. And it gives you energy staying in the will of God. It is our food. And there are, there are the personal needs. Your sunglasses. Do you have your sunglasses? It helps keep our eyes from temptations burning in our eyes. Do you have on the hat as a helmet protection of the mind? Do you have the insect repellent? Say the right things and to yourself. Do you have the lip balm? Protect that mouth. Don't let the cares of this world change you. Do you have the whistle? Blow if you're stuck. Pray. Seek God. Tell him what you need. Do you have the toilet paper? Support yourself. Rely and trust that God is coming through to help you out in the difficult times. Do you have the bear spray? Let God take care of your enemies. He is fighting your battle for you. Do you have the camera phone to give an alert or call someone like the ranger letting God know what's happening at the moment? He is your lifeline. Do you have the emergency blanket? Stay under the wings of the Almighty when it is cold outside. Stay and stay warm with God. Rest in him and get cozy. So we must have all of these two get up that hill with God. God bless. And have a wonderful night. See you in the next episode. Keep your head up. Keep holding on. Yeah, there's nothing down. Keep on striving. The Bible says strive to enter in. For straight and narrow is the gate that leadeth to life. And there be few that find it. So we must strive. Strive. That means put some efforts into this. Put your soul into this. In Jesus' name. And definitely put your heart. God bless. And have a wonderful night.